Welcome to the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, Episode 3, Gun Culture and Social Media. As always, my name is Jeremy and I will be your host. Today I'm joined by Max, better known as Max the Misfit. He is an avid Second Amendment supporter, a very good video editor, and the host of the Undesirable Individuals Podcast. As a reminder, everyone, you can find this podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and Podbeam. New episodes come out the first and third Monday of the month. There should be a link in the description where you can find all the ways to find this podcast and more. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get started. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder. Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. Shrink the numbers, we the people, still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder. Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. And Max, thank you for joining me today. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. I have, I've really been looking forward to having you on just with you having your own podcast and you're just a really good conversationalist as it is. So I think this is going to be a really good episode for everybody. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, some people think so. Other people are like, what, what is this fucking guy talking about most yeah. of the time? <laughs> or, or, or everybody will just turn it off and this will be my least listened to episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be a trophy for me. If you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about you and you know, what is Max and why are you a misfit? <laughs> Shit, man. Uh, man, I'm just, I'm just a guy who likes freedom. Honestly, like I, I use that description a lot. I just, uh, you know, I came from, you know, the far West where California, haha, where we're pretty much, you know, gun culture is, is demonized seriously. And uh, I didn't, you know, like grow up into the, the pro second amendment household and stuff like that. So I, I try to like split the opinions as much as possible and, and just get like new people into shooting and, and being trained as, as much as I can, uh, even though it doesn't work all the time, <laughs> but they're pretty much stuck in their ways, but I at least make an attempt. Um, and I got a podcast known as the undesirable individuals. And that's all I got to my name, man. I just got way too much to say. <laughs> he does. I mean, his, his for everybody that's listening, his podcasts are a little different than mine. They're a little yeah. bit more wild and out there. But if you just if they're a really good podcast, you just got to be able to tolerate some of his tomfoolery for a little bit. <laughs> we we have a fun time. We yeah. we make it fun. <laughs> so is Tanner now a permanent kind of like co-host of the Undesirable Individuals? Yeah, yeah, he is. I. Uh, you know, I've, first of all, I've, he's, he's like one of my oldest friends. He's just a great guy. Uh, and I, I went to him with the idea originally, you know, thinking like, man, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Would you want to be a guest a few times? And he was like, yeah, I'm down. And we started doing that. And, uh, it just felt really like comfortable every time I would have him on. And so I just went to him and was like, dude, fuck it. Let's just bring you on to this and we can, uh, we can just do this on our own from now on and we're having a really good time doing that shout out to tanner it's his birthday today too oh well happy birthday is like like today like sunday yeah today is is the day so happy birthday yeah happy birthday based fuck sorry it's his name and he doesn't have his he doesn't have his second account up anymore doesn't he (laughs) yeah no he's he's done with it man he uh he got yeeted after the entire you know band spree happened on instagram that that like wiped everyone out and he uh he just doesn't want to do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was me it was all me i banned everyone so me and me and max met through the community on instagram 
Um, yeah. And Max, I'll be honest, uh, I don't remember if we've talked about this on your podcast. The first time I ever saw your Instagram account, I was like, who is this big, lengthy, awkward looking individual? <laughs> that's me, like, man. But I was like, but damn, he's fast as hell. Yeah, that's what gets him. Um, and then we, now we, I mean, we talk pretty much on a weekly basis, if not a bi-daily basis at this point. Yeah, you're, you're a good guy, Jeremy. I like you. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> if you guys have never listened to the Undesirable Individuals podcast, definitely head over there and give him a listen and check out his Instagram, uh, which is full of fantastic edits. It's pretty interesting stuff. Most, you know, now nowadays, uh, a lot of my stuff got taken down because I'm on my like third account, but I'm still at, I'm still there. If if uh, I'm not there, I'll move somewhere else. So if I get banned, you can find me. <laughs> which I guess kind of leads us into our first topic here, which is just general thoughts on social media. What do you think about social media? What are the pros? What are the cons? You know, where does your mind space kind of sit at? Yeah, you know, I think I have a pretty uh, similar opinion to a lot of the the quote unquote gun guys in the community. It's it's pretty awful for uh, I think just societies in general. I think it's it's kind of a weapon these days. But if you can use it as a tool, it it can be really beneficial to a lot of uh, like communities or community aspects, especially with like the training lifestyles. Um, cause I've learned a lot, like a lot, a lot of stuff just through Instagram. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think, I think if you can like properly filter what, what content you're, you're taking in it, uh, it can really help you out with learning new shit. So I, I kind of have a love hate relationship with it. Um, because you know, there's also the self promotion side of social media. That's just like, you know, nothing but dopamine hits for the most part for people trying to like just get a bunch of likes as fast as possible. And I but, think and I think something a lot of people forget about when when people say like, "Oh, social media, is, you know, censors us so much is when social media was first created, it was 100% created to be like a social tool in a sense. And yeah. political ideology hadn't had a grasp on social media yet. Yeah, and and the control didn't have a, a grasp on it either. Like there there weren't very many corporations putting their hands in it at at the early stages. They kind of just created it and let it be what it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, it's just wild, man. It is it's crazy just what they allow and what what they don't. It really brings in the question of you know what is free speech if those mm-hmm. platforms don't allow certain types of speech. Um. And there's also the argument to be to be had that, you know, it, it's much like a, a town public square. You know, originally, that's how societies would communicate or put notices up and stuff. They would have a public square. And we don't really have that m- much these days unless you're in a weird anarchist community. <laughs> so you you for the most part only have like Twitter and Instagram and these these social media platforms to start getting ideas across. Mm-hmm. And uh, when people start start limiting that, that becomes a questionable act (laughs) and i think i would be less mad if you know the restrictions and the censorship was at least even across the board yeah i agree if if it was like you know nobody's allowed to do any type of quote-unquote extremes regardless of whatever side of the political spectrum you're on i'd be like you know what that's at least fair yeah however it's not that way to to any extent not at all. And I uh, I had talked about that a little bit on, in the recent episode on my podcast with the whole Elon Musk situation. You know, everyone's upset that he bought Twitter, but 
it's really just the the extreme left that's upset that he bought Twitter because now they're gonna have to deal with the extreme right not having any censorship. So they can't just get away with saying wild shit anymore. <laughs> they they're gonna actually have to argue with people. <laughs> and when you look at like with the ban that recently happened in March with like our side of the community, the gun community in a sense. Yeah. And it affected people like that didn't even like post content in a sense, like people that just had accounts that yeah. happened to fall. It was very weird. There was no consistency to that ban whatsoever. I mean, I don't know why you got banned, you know, like that. I, I'm still wondering that cause you weren't promoting anything. You were just like, Hey guys, I think guns are kind of cool. <laughs> you know, like it's, it was really confusing to me. And then I'm sitting around like, how am I still up? I've, I've posted gore videos, bro. <laughs> like what is this? And it's, it's, it's funny. Cause like it didn't even put, it didn't even ban one account it banned everything it banned the business account it bans my the my personal account it bans my bluegrass account on both facebook and instagram so it was and it's kind of tied itself to my device which is which is very odd it's very strange i'm i'm happy you're at least you know on youtube your youtube page is dope yeah it's so it's, it's funny to see how what kind of content people like to interact with with more on there yeah it's it's weird i've been thinking about like venturing into that but it's also just a completely different beast to me and i have to show my face (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's with uh oh what was i gonna say oh i hate when this happens oh dude it happens all the time though welcome to podcasting (laughs) i know you think of something like really good to talk about and you're like i don't want to interrupt them i'll let them finish and then you just (laughs) daze off and you'll never remember and it's gone (laughs) and it's gone oh i remember haha um for those that are listening, if you follow our Instagram, if you've ever wondered why I've never posted anything on my story, it's because I can't get on social media on any of my devices except my laptop. And the browser <laughs> versions of social media don't allow uh, you to use like the story sharing methods on Instagram or anything like that. So I'm stuck to like just normal posting and responding to messages. What a mess, man. Because <laughs> like people will tag me and stuff to like reshare on their uh, reshare on their stories. And yeah. I'm like, Dang, I wish I could. I wish I could share that. And they just send question marks. And I'm like, ah, let me tell you. Let me tell you a tale. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you want to promote me? <laughs> <laughs> that it just slowly drops off. Yeah. What's interesting about even more about like kind of the censorship when it comes to social media is things that they would normally censor, they will not censor depending on if it pushes like an agenda, like the whole. And this may get this whole podcast taken down. Is the whole like nazism thing in ukraine yeah like you don't see the truth of a, like of the azov battalion and a lot of those aspects of ukraine talked yeah. about on social media it gets censored to push the specific you know perspective or objective it's it's really frustrating that even with foreign conflicts social media loves to force everyone to pick a side it's it's really strange that that the left just accepted that like oh we're we're you know supporting azov now without even looking into them like look mm-hmm. ukraine russia pick your poison azov is not the fucking guys to be supporting no, <laughs> like not at they've all. crucified people they've committed war crimes just as much as the russians have mm-hmm. and and it's just really strange that like you know i don't i don't know if if everyone had seen this video but it's like there's a live tv broadcast of like an entire crowd of Americans just chanting Azov. And that's very worrying. <laughs> and and their battalion flag is the Ukrainian flag with a giant black swastika on it. It's just fucked. Like they are, they are wild. 
yeah, to just, say the least. But I mean, I talk about it with other people in my life a lot is people don't, depending on the views that they're allowed to basically see or what their algorithm feeds them on social media, people don't truly understand the reality of the world or just information in general that constantly floats on the internet. Yeah. Like we, the majority of people that support the Ukrainian the Ukrainian side or just even have outly spoken to support the Azov Battalion have no yeah. idea that they are diehard radical Nazis. Yeah, they're extreme white supremacists. And it's 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 pretty worrying. Um just because I get I guess like it really just shows the holes in a lot of people's, I guess, beliefs. It's it's not a matter of they believe what the left says. They just accept what the TV says most of the time. And it really shows that. And I think social media is mostly to blame for that just because nowadays everyone just, you know, we have nonstop dopamine firing off whenever we're staring at our, our news feeds. So it's like, well... At that point, I don't think people really have deep opinions on this. They're really just kind of going with the flock and figuring out, okay, well, I guess these are good guys. Mm -hmm. And that kind of even goes into, I mean, I would even say the majority of Americans, specifically people our age, yep. have no idea about anything from any perspective. Because Not their at all. social media algorithm doesn't feed them any information at all. I've uh, I've said it, you know. All right, I'm the I'm the conspiracy theorist here, folks. I'll say it, but I've said it multiple times, man. Our generation is like the psyop generation. We just we've been just completely hit with nonstop like psychological gaslighting like our entire lives. It's just a mess. Which is funny that you said that because when I was doing some editing for the medical class we have coming up this week, I was watching the final Matrix movie before this podcast. <laughs> I was like, this is fitting before a conversation with Max. Yeah, the, the newest one? Yeah, the newest one. What'd you think of it? I'm curious. I have like 15 minutes left in the end. However, I've seen the majority of the movie, and I think it, it doesn't make much of any sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There, so there frustrated. is so much information that they just failed to explain. It's it's just really frustrating. It's and I love the Matrix. Like I've loved those movies oh, forever. I loved it. Oh I just, man. I I keep thinking that I'm eventually gonna hit a point in the movie where they explain everything, but they don't. <laughs> when when you finish it, you've gotta hit me up because the literally the last like three seconds, the last shot is just so awful. It's so <laughs> Oh bad. god, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna cry. Because <laughs> oh, like Spoiler for anybody, I guess that hasn't seen it, but like they don't explain where, how, or why Mr. Anderson is even in this movie. Yeah. After he got destroyed at the end of the last one. It doesn't make sense. And how he has so much control. I don't know. The guy that plays Barney from How I Met Your Mother, he, I don't understand his character at all. <laughs> like, I, they, they, they're like, there was a war between the machines. And then that's it. It doesn't that's say it. like why it happened, what it. I, I don't I, I understand how the Matrix got super meta out of nowhere. Like it, it's self-aware and then just feeds into Neo's brain that like, no, this was just a video game. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It, none of it makes sense. Literally, not a not a bit of any of it makes any sense. And I'm really disappointed. Yeah, it's it was frustrating because the first like hour is pretty cool, just yeah. to look at. Mm -hmm. But anyways, and, Matrix is disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. Uh, but back onto the social media thing. Um, yeah, it's weird because, like, I obviously I talk to you about it a lot. Just kind of like things about like shortages and supply lines and logistics and all that. Like, 
if your social media is not set up to feed you information on, you know, real time events happening in the world, people have no idea it's happening. And now people have been conditioned to think that none of it is actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get shocked when there's no milk on, you know, in, in the market, but you know, they're, they're like, well, no one said anything about this. Now, a lot of people are saying stuff about this. There are people really analyzing it. It's just a matter of, are you looking into it? It's, 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 it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. And it's really detrimental to people who are trying to, I guess, prep too, because if you're, if you're really looking for news articles, I mean, the news is too late. If it hits the news, like a lot of people already knew about it before. I've noticed that. Yeah. It's about a lot of shit lately. Like the shooting that happened yesterday, the same thing. Like I remember what I remember hearing and watching about the start of the war in Ukraine, literally like at 1130 at night in my bed, yeah. I was about to go to bed and my phone started blowing up from like all these like third party sources. I, I get information from yep. and it didn't hit Fox, CNN, ABC, any of them. I mean, I was already I, seeing like combat footage. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I was I was aware of it the second that 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 front gate footage that like CCTV front gate footage came out where that one uh, soldier started running away from the Russians. That's yeah. that's when it pretty much sent off. And I knew about that within the hour that it happened. And then like a day later, they were like, oh, no, Ukraine's being attacked. It's like, oh, yeah, we've been knowing we've been knowing about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all, you're behind. Yeah, you're behind just a little bit. We've been seeing a whole lot of people get schwacked. So in transition from your thoughts on social media, what are your thoughts on gun culture as it stands now? And this kind of can break into our gun culture as we see it, our side of the community, and then just general U.S. gun culture. Okay, cool. I I actually really like this question um, because – like you had just said, there's there's kind of different gun cultures right now. And um, the one that we're a part of, we can touch on that because for the most part, I think your listeners are all, all a part of that um, as well. I think right now and f- since like the past maybe two years, for the most for the most part, we're usually on the right path in the long run. However, I think we focus on shit that doesn't matter a little bit too much. I think we were, we're, we're stuck in consumerism for the most part. And look, I'm wearing task force doomer right now, bro. Like I'm no different than any of y'all, but I think like, it's really not as important as everyone thinks, whether you have this type of chest rig and do you also have this type of plate carrier and this and that, I I think what we should really you know, transition to, and I think Lucas from T-Rex Arms and that entire team is doing it perfectly, is to just focus on education. Mm-hmm. And uh, with with the outside culture, outside of social media, <clears throat> I would I would say that like you know the biggest problem that I see is that people are you know people on the other side of this opinion and and you know the anti-gun people if you if you want to call them that they're more or less afraid. They're really scared of this shit. They see us as these like terrifying people who, if we have guns, we want to kill people, and that's how it is. And and I think we need to just start spreading education as much as possible, and and at the very least, just show the opposite side that we want to protect people. <laughs> you know, I understand that guns are scary and shit like that, but just start educating as much as you can, and even new people who are into it and they they like training and shit, but they're they're not really as adept as everyone else just educate 
just teach them, just bring them under the wing and be like, look, this is how you clean your gun. <laughs> you know, I think that's what we should be focusing on because the more of us there are, the better we are and the communities are safer. And I think that when it, in regards to our side of the gun culture, yes. the more modern side of gun culture, I think both the consumer market and from the educational standpoint, we're moving so fast that the culture itself may be having troubles keeping up with it. Yep, great point. Um, I, specifically I the education agree. point. Because five years ago, nobody was talking about land nav and bushcraft nope. and medical. No. Nope. Five years ago, it was split times and reloads. Mm-hmm. Um, and people like Lucas from TRX Pharmacy, like they talk about that and they admit it. Like, yeah, we were a little narrow-minded yeah. you know, five years ago. If the only people that were doing that kind of stuff five years ago were like, you're the weird militia your uncle was in. Yeah, yeah, the like extreme preppers. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, not even extreme anymore. At the yeah, time, five years ago, it was extreme. Now, now they're behind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They haven't, you know, changed their social media to see the uh, <laughs> when the milk is gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I mean, specifically the consumer market, things come yes. out so fast and so much comes to the civilian markets. And that, and that stuff can be very expensive. Getting adequate gear yeah. outside of your plate carrier and your primary rifle can get quite expensive. Yes, it, it can get pretty rough pretty quick. And especially trying to find something that's good these days, that's kind of tough also. Like there's a lot of like real Gucci shit that will fall apart so fast. And Absolutely. it's 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 bad. That's I think that that side of the culture where it's like, well, this is that new hotness now. Like, okay, but it's only been out for like a month. So do we know that it's going to last more than a month? You know, mm-hmm. It's tough. Also, so then, I'm, a, a uh, slight slight plug real quick because I found out about this page not long ago and I think it's beneficial. For for like new dudes, check out Unobtainium Gear. These guys are like independently making seriously good chest rigs that are like fucking cheap, dude. And interesting. Yeah, it's so check those out. I, I haven't used their shit. I can't say that it works for sure, but like it's Jamie, an independent go ahead and pull company. That up. Yeah, pull that up, Jamie. Fuck it. <laughs> What's her name? Unobtainium Gear. Un Unobtainium gear. Okay. Yeah. Oh, these are some dope little chest tricks. Yeah, dude. Isn't that some cool shit? Like they got yeah. they got some like meme camos, but everything else, like it's fucking cool. And they're not like, you know, just bare slicksters. Like these are actually kind of like purposely. Yeah, they're they kind of have a little bit of a load bearing sense to them. Okay. Obtain uh, unobtainium gear, you're getting a follow right now. Yeah, there we go. There you go, boys. I have nothing to do with them. I just think they're cool. Just letting everyone know. No, that's cool. Yeah, pretty dope. Um, So then what do you think about, you know, general gun culture across the U.S.? And there's probably more little subcategories we could talk about about gun culture. But we'll focus on, like, our community and then just gun culture as a whole. I think – that one's one's tougher because it's it's harder to observe – for the most part, unless you're going to like public ranges all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think we're, I think they're a little bit behind. I think the overall gun culture, like in that, that's not me being like in an elitist sense whatsoever, mm-hmm. but I think they're, they're just a little bit behind and they're, they're still kind of stuck in that idea of like, well, you know, I have a gun and I carry, so I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Or so, I have 12 guns and no play carrier. Yeah, yeah, I have like, and and they're all fucking weird semi-auto shotguns that I don't, you know, need to keep keep with hoarding. No, with no buttstock. And yeah, there's no buttstock, and then one of them is mag-fed. Half inch barrel and, and, yeah, 
It's and look, if if you're like a a skeet shooter and that's what you like doing, and for you know to you, you don't have any other purposes, then cool, do what you want to do, bro. But like, I think you know, for the self defense aspect of things, like we could stay away from having five Segas, you know. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Um, and I think, at least from my experience talking to normal people that kind of have started to awaken and kind of come to the same realization and kind of ideology that I think we both kind of find ourselves in. I think it's I funny still we call str- them normal people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess in my mind, we're normal. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Normal. It's true. <laughs> um, but it, I still find it hard to convince people that they should buy gear. Yeah. Yeah. Like just as something, even as something as simple as just like, a belt that holds your pistol, a couple mags, and a dump yeah. pouch. Like people are like, mm, I don't know if I can spend that 175 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna go I'm, drop 80 dollars at the bar tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I find it really, really frustrating that there's still like a, a group of shooters, a really large group of pro gun shooters and stuff that are like, man, I think those guys with helmets and stuff are real dorky. Like, me and my my cop buddies and my SF buddies that I know, we make fun of them and shit. It's like, okay, but there's a purpose for it. Like, did we not see the 2020 riots? Did we not see the fucking, I mean, January 6th, if you want to bring it up, like, just all that shit, all the insane amounts of, of shit that, you know, occurs when large groups of people start getting really angry. I'm pretty sure we could justify having armor and kit real fucking quick. Like even just yesterday, like in, in Chicago, Chirac, like this insane mob of people of like hundreds of people were just smashing cars yesterday for no fucking reason. And it's, it's just like, no, we need kit, bro. And you watched the live stream just like I did. Uh, we won't talk about it in great depth on yeah, here. yeah. Um, but you watched the live stream from the Buffalo uh, yes, New York lot shooter. Yes. What What did most of those people do when shooting started? Yeah, I mean they froze, man. They just like stopped. They froze. They, they just dropped to the ground. I mean, yep. once that guy got in the store, because for those that have not seen it, um, it's rough. The shooting starts outside the store, and yep. it's a brutal video. It's um, it's hard to watch. And so the guy starts outside the store and he makes his way into the store and people haven't left like through the side exits or the back doors or they literally just drop to the floor and just kind of like fetal positioned. Yeah. And that's not going to save you, man. It's, it's not safe. I know, uh, might be different opinion around here, but fetal position, not the best position to be in when there's a shooting. (laughs) Not unless you're going to purposefully do the meme where it's like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance, (laughs) but not for me. And then you just post both feet on the ground perfectly, spread knees, and just start mag dumping into the active shooter. Yeah. That will be acceptable. Even from there, though, if you're on the ground, you can't move very far. (laughs) (laughs) But not Um, not making jokes. Not making jokes. No, not making jokes. Yeah, we should probably just stop talking about that. (laughs) Yeah. This is gonna be perceived really horribly. Yeah, we're... Let, let the record show. I I hope that guy hangs. Uh, yes, just in case there's I, any question. I am extremely frustrated about this entire shooting, specifically because they took him alive. I have a. He should have been shot immediately. Yeah. No question. I have a hard time paying taxes when my taxes go to keep pieces of shit like that alive. Like it's really frustrating. Did you see he pleaded no guilty? Are you what? Yeah, there's his courtroom video was was out there or whatever, and he's standing there in like one of those like hospital gown type things because they yeah. took his military fatigues off of him, and he pleaded not guilty. Oh, 
think it, I said we're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Very. We're going to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> I guess. We're... Um, I think he's saying he's not guilty because he doesn't see what he did as wrong, not because he didn't do it. Oh my God. Regardless, that's wild to walk in there and say, "I yeah, I'm, I'm good." That like that's that's wild. Like you should have <laughs> just hung him outside right right then and there. Yep. They should have just been like, "Okay, well, you don't see anything wrong with it, so there's no reason to rehabilitate you. We should just fucking put you in the dirt real quick." This podcast is a no racist zone, everybody. No, you're a not at all. Regardless of what color you are, you're a piece of shit. Racial supremacy, and in its entirety, is disgusting. It's not. It's just disgusting. I don't care what race you are that you claim to be promoting. Like, it's just disgusting, man. Yeah. Um, disgusting. <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what were we talking about on gun culture before we got yeah, to this? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, we were talking about people who just like can see that they carry, and they're just like, "Yep, I'm done." Like, yeah, no gear, yeah, no training. The, like the lazy gun owners is what I, I do call feel them. like. The culture generally has somewhat changed to where people are starting to take classes more, which yes. is where they probably inevitably end up getting more exposure. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and and I. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with some classes just because, you know, I think, like, the the statement take a, a, a course or take a class is quite an umbrella term because, you know, you could go and take, like, seven pistol classes. And and if you're not doing, like, force-on-force force and you're not doing a whole lot of, you know, moving, running, and gunning and shit, I don't, I don't really know if it's, like, benefiting you. Mm. So I think that's also important to bring up is, like, you know, if you're taking courses, make sure that there's, like, purpose to the courses and you're not just trying to learn how to like do a reload faster you can do that at home dry firing you know and you, and you gain i think the big thing about classes is you you gain more from how your instructor conducts themselves more than what the, the, the instructor is teaching in a sense yes yes and what i mean I by agree. that is like a lot of instructors or at least good instructors will give you you know scenario based thought uh experiments and conversations and they'll talk about real life experience and what works and what doesn't work out good yep. instructors don't just come to the range and then like this is what we're doing uh that'll be a hundred dollars yeah <laughs> bring 500 rounds <laughs> and i think old dragonfly um on the new Haley strategic podcast i think he talked about that very briefly did you did you see Haley strategic has a, a a podcast now i saw that he has it i haven't uh listened to it yet though i gotta check out ed uh ed's manifesto's one too there's a lot of good podcasts coming out it's great this is a great time to be into long form media like podcasts are everywhere man like that's also a great place that you can learn a whole lot like on the mindset stance mm -hmm. of things too and I think not at my wonder. podcast though. Mine doesn't. Yeah, do not, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will never bash the Undesirable Individuals podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> however, with that being said, you got to yep. be ready for a just a wild mental ride when you listen to those episodes. <laughs> I love. I personally it. love it. I could listen to it all day. But some people, I bet some people turn that on and they're like, "Oh yeah, what is this guy? What is he high? He is high. Oh, he, he says is he's high. high. He all is right, I'm okay. Got you." Off. Is, is his yeah. guest his guest is also high okay this is what am i listening to why is I'm the cover two guys and kids what is life yeah, what is um, this? but it makes me wonder how long do we have until somehow regardless of how many platforms your podcast maybe on your po podcast start to be censored yeah i've wondered that too and i've i've done a little bit of of work to to kind of minimize that and the 
the first one is to just not be monetized. If I'm not taking money from anyone, then no one can really like force me to say this specific thing or not say this thing. The only way that they'll do that is if they like go through the whole episode and then decide like, okay, he can't say that. Yeah. And I don't, it, I think I said it in my first past podcast that this, the everyday since Stop tactical podcast, even on YouTube is not monetized. I specifically yeah. unselect any monetization settings for this. Cause I'm like, I want this to be our own thing attract the least amount of attention as possible but it's also yeah. hard to like censor this like like you said you have to listen to this to like find things to censor about it yeah you you've got to go through the whole thing and you, it's not something that you can like just put an ai bot onto like on instagram or twitter and not yeah not yet yeah i'm sure eventually they'll start figuring out how to you know read vocal tones and figure out how to make robots understand english then i'll just start talking in different accents and then I'll just have another topic for a new episode, so we're set. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get one more. I'll get my one more episode in. <laughs> um, let's see here. Yeah, I guess. All right. So I guess kind of rolling over from how, current gun culture. How yeah. can we change gun culture? And we kind of already started to talk on this. And again, we can do the two subcategories. How, yeah. how do we change things for the better moving forward? Uh, that's 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 a tough question, and it's something that. I've thought about multiple times and, you know, a lot of like, like groups formed, um, out of the Instagram, like communities to try and actually combat this, this issue to try and like better the culture somehow. And the, the sad part is it almost always gets like put to sleep at some point. Um, I, I, really think that the best way and you know everyone always says this but the best way you can do it is just focus on your own output and what like you're putting out what what uh you're promoting what you're teaching and if it it does create a, a wave effect you know if you inspire one person that person might learn something new and then figure something else out and do the same thing and start just teaching other people like different ways of reloads and dry firing and how to, you know, put load bearing kit onto small plate carriers and all this different shit. And the next thing that, you know, you have a community of people teaching each other rather than just being like, well, my gear's cooler than yours. And this is why an Anderson sucks or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. What, so what really an, matters is just teaching. So I have an interesting story on this with social yeah. media, kind of just that aspect of like your community and your verbal interactions like really take it the far away. Cause I can, I could post a thousand things on why the second amendment is good on social media. And the only people that are ever probably going to see it are going to be people that already support the second amendment. Yep. And very little people who just hate the second amendment. Don't want to hear otherwise aren't going to take the time to read it. And if they do read it, they're, they're not going to process it and be like, well, he's got a point. They're going to be right. like, oh, report. Yeah, but, exactly. So I recently, I have um, a cousin, I guess, a, a married into the family cousin who owns a nanny agency. Um, <laughs> this is, everyone's like, what, where's he going with this? Stick yeah. we'll, we'll get there. They're He's not got, blood. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they ain't my kin, but I count them. <laughs> um, she has a nanny agency and she is, I would refer to her more as a hippie, a little bit more of an old school hippie. She does have some classic liberal ideology. She's not like a far left, like Antifa. By yeah, names. yeah. But she's just kind of generally liberal. And she does not really like the idea of firearms in a sense, or at least she did not in the past. But she recently reached out to me because she runs a kind of like a blog for her nanny service in a sense. Yeah. And it kind of provides like 
educational topics for parents and how to deal with children and all this kind of stuff. And one thing, a topic that she wanted to write about was gun safety in the home with children or whatever. So we got into this really long conversation about gun culture, gun safety, a little bit of the purpose of the Second Amendment. I kind of mm-hmm. pushed that in there because it, it does matter. It, it does. It When you're explaining guns to people, and this is, I'll get back to my topic here in a second, when you're explaining yeah. guns yeah, to yeah. people, we as a culture have to move forward on the purpose of the Second Amendment, not using it as just like a in our back. Like it has to be pushed. Like the Second Amendment is important. Yes. Um, but I digress. Um, so <laughs> after conversating with her and you know answering a ton of questions that she eventually published in an article, um, she came to me and she was like, "You have completely like opened my. Like, I had no idea the majority of the information you told me because I was talking about you know shooting statistics and you know survivors and you know like." you know, female sexual assault survivors and yeah. kidnappings, like all this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I went down the rabbit hole yeah. and you kind of had to do that. But just that one-on-one conversation changed a single mind, a single mind that did not want to be changed prior to the conversation. And I think that that is important. Yeah, I think that's how we change the culture is how we, we, we talk to the people who aren't a part of it. That's probably the best way to do it. Because if it grows, I mean, it's, it's better for everyone now. I mean, more guns and more hands to some might sound scary, but I mean, an armed population is a very uh, kind population. <laughs> now, does she think I should be allowed to have machine guns now because we had that one conversation? No, but we're, it's a story. But now it's debatable, right? Yeah, you know? now, now it's in question. <laughs> yeah. Now um, you can bring that up later. Be like, so you're cool with me carrying. What about M249s? <laughs> <laughs> so I stole this from the National Guard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was passing Pendleton one day and I was really bored. <laughs> I'll totally even say the word penalty. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm actually I'm actually wearing a tank top right now that's entirely too small that I bought at a mall in Los Angeles when I was in Camp Pendleton. Oh god. Yeah. Los Angeles. Man, you Los you Angeles. I brought up uh Pendleton, you had flashbacks. You brought up Los Angeles, I have flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see again a little off topic for everybody, sorry, but did you see like the whole thing about um, water restrictions the mayor was saying with Los Angeles. Oh, for fuck's sake. No, I didn't. He put out, they were talking about how, you know, like the city council is going to start coming out with like water restrictions and stuff. And the yeah. mayor was like, you know, you guys shouldn't be taking showers longer than four minutes. <laughs> you should only be doing dishes this many times a day. And like, it was, it was the whole it's, water issues. It could be a podcast within itself right now. Yeah. And, and I mean, California, especially Los Angeles County, I mean, they've been saying we're in a drought since I was like nine, you know, they like the, it's, it's always been, you know, we're in a drought, we're all going to die. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I don't know like if that's actually true because these, these people have been pushing it my whole life. Mm-hmm. I do Who feel knows? like it. It's just slowly, progressively getting worse, kind of like everything else in our life. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the uh, frog and the and you know getting boiled pretty much. Quite literally in Los Angeles. Yeah, really. I mean, who knows? Los Angeles is evil enough. They could have you know the most water in the world, and they might just be limiting it because peasants. You know, <laughs> like who knows? <laughs> um, any other general comments, kind of on just changing gun culture? I mean, there, there's always something to be said. Um, I think, you know, like, if there's any advice that I have for, for individuals who want to try and fix something is meet someone in person, maybe not, you know, a rando on the internet, but just someone that you might know that's probably anti-gun or is, 
you know, not about that shit. Just invite them to a range day and, you know, shoot with them and show them how safe you are. That's kind of the, the bigger picture there is to at least show the other side that we're not out here just fucking waving these goddamn things around thinking that that they're toys and shit like we take it seriously we're serious people so i think that and would help the majority i would say in in your communities the majority of smart concealed carriers people never know that they're actually around yep exactly for and, example i was in the grocery store the other day and i swear it sounded like somebody threw a 50 pound bag of rice off a third story deck oh, i was shit. in i was in this crow i was looking at bananas and whatnot because bananas are good for you and just out of nowhere i heard i i, I genuinely thought it was a gunshot i've heard a lot of gunshots in my life i heard <laughs> i heard just the loudest bang and i immediately turned and pulled my shirt up and had my gun on my pistol but not out of the holster faster mm -hmm. than i had realized i had did it and everybody like stopped and kind of like freaked out for a second and looked around and then nothing happened. And just as I pulled my shirt back over my pistol, this mom from across the uh, vegetable aisle was just like in shock, kind of looking at me. And I just kind of like nodded my head and scurried off. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, there's there's more people out there than than you realize. Yeah. And, and I mean, sometimes you can kind of identify them if they're wearing, you know, the 1776 shirt like myself. You, they got a gun on them like mm -hmm. most of the time. But I've noticed I can be that like naked and I look like I have a gun on. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all those muscles on muscles, man. I mean, I think you are a gun at this point. Yeah. What was funny was, as everybody knows, I'm a, I'm a fireman. We did an education day at the school recently. Yeah. At the high school. And um, the freshmen were in there doing, we had like a career day. So it was a ton of like businesses and whatnot. The yeah. high schoolers could come in and talk and ask questions. And this group of high school freshmen came up to our booth and were asking what all my tattoos on my arms meant. I was like, well, have you heard about this thing called tyranny? And I just started <laughs> explaining my tattoos. Because <laughs> yeah, you've explain. got six Semper Tyrannus on it, don't you? I have six Semper Tyrannus on one arm and Malone Lave on the other. <laughs> Based. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Which is even funnier because I say, I know you're not friends with me on Facebook, um, but I, our department posted this picture the other day. I, I pulled a cat out from underneath a truck that was up on like the, uh, um, up underneath one of the wheels. Yeah. One of the firemen got down underneath there and took a picture of me pulling this cat out from underneath the vehicle <laughs> and put it on the department page. And it's just my forearm stretched across underneath this truck with six Emperor Tyrannus in the middle of the photo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, which is the same arm with it, with my pirate flag tattoo that talks about slitting throats. <laughs> just yeah. put just right on the department page. I was like, that's oh, hilarious. That's good. That's quality. And you're just getting a little kitty. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Just got a little black cat. <laughs> doing my job quality we're out here protecting and serving can't say that <laughs> um, oh man damn good stuff all right good so stuff. good stuff um we kind of already talked about social media a little, little bit but i kind of want to change gears on that how even based on how how much censorship and limitations we have with social media mm -hmm. how can we utilize social media in its current form to continue to push for a better, more modern gun culture, but also just improve our own communities and kind of like future as a society. Hmm. You know, it's tough because there's always the barrier, especially now with censorship. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really difficult for us to, to kind of operate on those platforms as is. 
because, you know, we could be the most kind-hearted individuals on social media and have a picture of a firearm up and they'll just ban you as is. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard argument to have because, or a hard discussion to have because like you could try day in and day out to make a better platform and they could literally just get rid of you overnight. Like they did with so many people. Um, Excuse me. go ahead. Uh, it, no, I, I had, had like a little burp. So I said, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that or not. I so, closed my mouth and I was like, I should say, excuse me, in case no, no, no. on the podcast. But um, uh, no, yeah, but I, I, I don't I was know, say- man. It's tough, especially with with Instagram and and the Zuck in charge of that still. Why? Where or why do you think those that run social media? And I don't even necessarily mean like the CEOs, like Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. but those that kind of like write and program AI and all that kind of stuff that that actually is responsible for the the censorship. Why do you think they are that way? I mean, are they really all just that diet hard leftists in a sense or or push that type of control and agenda Mm -hmm. for government? Like what, how is it that way? Why is it that way? I, I like that question. I get to turn on the, uh, the max, the misfit, conspiracy theory here so this is what I all right think. guys that's all we got for this yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> this this is what i think because i i think for the most part a lot of these companies are actually just like nonpartisan. i think they don't really care too much as long as they're making money I so i think that these people who are who are censoring everything and really just catering to to either the the left or whatever you want to call it I think there's external forces that are putting money into into some pockets. I think that's what's going on. I've always kind of thought that's what what has been up. Um, it just makes sense to me. Um, but I don't know. They could just be extreme socialists too. You know, I'm I don't know if there's like an agenda that's being pushed specifically here and there or or what's going on. But it really always comes down to money. I, I can't remember if it was the actual beginning of the internet or it was Google or I guess more specifically Alphabet, Google's parent company, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that there is a theory slash factual information that the CIA has a heavy hand in the creation of either the internet or Google. Oh yeah, they have, I mean, they've got a heavy hand in pretty much all of media. There's, it's pretty much proven that they, they I mean, just this fact alone, the fact that like Hollywood, whenever they're making like CIA movies or agency movies or any of that shit, they actually go to the CIA to make sure that they can like talk about this and that to make sure the CIA looks like a good agency. Yeah. That well, alone. Could you imagine if they made movies on the real CIA? Oh, dude. Fucking. There wouldn't I'm be a CIA. sure it's called the blacklist. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, they, they, it's, they totally manipulate everything that you see. In fact, if you are looking at something through a screen, there has to be at least an itch in your brain that questions like, is this really real what I'm looking at? Because it could be CGI nowadays, the shit that, that is getting pushed out. I, I can't believe that they that Netflix was even allowed to make uh, that that um, Waco series. Yeah, I know, dude. I, I don't th- I, I don't remember who originally made it because it was on uh, cable TV to start with. Really? Yeah, and then Netflix bought it. And I don't, I don't even know if you can get it on Netflix anymore. I'm pretty sure it's not on there anymore. Yeah, it's great. 
I mean, it, it was a really good series. Besides the end, when they try to make it seem like the FBI and ATF cried when they burned children yeah, alive, no. they definitely did not do that. They, they did not care one bit. <laughs> they did not care. <laughs> they were just like, well, no. day's done. But even the light that they they made the ATF and the FBI kind of seem throughout a large majority of that. I mean, they kind of paint, they painted them in a bad picture for a large. I'm surprised they were allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, they they were not the good guys of that story. No, which I mean, the, the Davidians were, were kind of crazy, but oh, they, didn't yeah. do they really didn't do anything wrong. I mean, they, there's the theory about like the whole minor wives type yeah. thing, which I don't think was ever actually proven in court after the incident. Right. Which is still wrong by all means. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think um, it means that the children needed to be burned alive by any means. R- exactly. Exactly. And and I think you can't marry I, children if there's no children like that. that <laughs> we're protecting them. But they they uh they actually added a really quick line into the show um that is very important to really the in- entirety of that case and like someone was on the the radio talking about it like in the television show and they had said if you have a problem with what they're doing inside the compound you actually have a problem with Texas law because what they were doing by law was actually legal at the time i don't think I, it is anymore yeah I think I do believe you are correct. I think throughout the majority of the U.S., you could marry at um, like fourteen. At the age of yeah, like the the age of consent or, and or the age of like marriage was much younger yeah. until recent history. Especially if if like parents were involved, if parents are okay with it and they sign off on it, then it was legal at the time, and that's where the Branch Davidians really would have gotten all those families from. You know that mm-hmm. so. It, was it probably a grooming situation? Absolutely. But probably. the problem was the laws. Like, if they didn't want that to be happening, they could have completely gone back and written, rewritten legislation. And religion had a big thing to play in that. Oh, yeah. Because it's all religion-based. And, back, and, and even back then, you were like, yeah, we don't touch religion. Yeah, especially like— Unless we like, don't like that religion. Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. then we then screw that religion. We, we, yeah, and then we can you know justify a war. Fuck it. But <laughs> but if it's uh like the Branch Davidians were kind of smart because they were a cult that was under the um, umbrella of Christianity. So they pretty much were like, oh, you want to you want to argue that <laughs> you want to get involved with that? Let's go. So they, and they were really well armed, extremely as, well armed as they should be. Absolutely. I I look at that compound. I'm like, you know, you probably could have made it look a little less threatening, but I'm with it, man. <laughs> that looks that looks but, pretty solid. But even outside of everything that went on with the Davidians and the, the kind of how they were cults and the firearms, all that, the things that the ATF and the FBI did yeah. throughout that siege, like the, you know, mental manipulation and the sound waves and like all that type of really weird equipment that they used and the entrapment to basically and the entrapment but to yeah. basically mentally torture people yeah through like psychological warfare and sense like that was yeah. their own government yeah that Man, it's this, just crazy this podcast has gone completely different than <laughs> hey it's always fun when i'm on but I, hey i like it all the uh, I, I like it that's whatever <laughs> Uh, good information. Good information. We're good information, nonetheless. Yeah. Um. Okay. So back to social media. Um, yeah. I feel like one thing we have done that has kind of helped us with social media, as far as just kind of changing for the better, is we're pushing more than just firearms information now. Yes, and thank God for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely was for the better because that stuff is very important, but it's also not censored in a sense. Like. Yeah. 
I'm not going to get deleted for posting medical information. Or or how to grow food. Or how to grow, yeah, like none of my bread posts have ever been taken down. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that shit looking oh. thick, by the way. You're oh, really dude, good I, at making bread. I have not bought store-bought bread, except when I'm at the firehouse, just because we buy groceries every day as a, as a crew. Yeah. I have not bought bread for my household since August. Dude, I gotta, I gotta get on that. I gotta try out some bread. Love me some bread. Bread <laughs> is the way. But yeah, once they, once everyone started pushing like you know, uh, uh, hiking encouragement and and you know, working out in kit, not just looking cool, and especially like greenhouses. And this is how I met, set up my garden. Like, dude, that's the coolest shit right now. Because if everyone's so worried, you know, about about food shortages and power shortages. Uh, the dollar dying, like then, then get ahead of it and and learn through people who are already like sustaining themselves in really amazing ways. I think self sufficiency as a culture is more important now than literally anything else. Even the second, even like gun culture. Yeah, I agree. Because if we can't self sustain ourselves as individuals and communities, and your gun, your your gun rights and the possibilities you have with firearms to change the potential future has no meaning yeah and i've i've got to get better at it i think we all do mm-hmm. oh there's uh, somebody we could all always be better yep um never gonna be perfect yeah <clears throat> then i mean if getting prepping is getting expensive now yeah dude it's i feel so stupid man i'm like looking at my expensive ass gear and i'm like man i really probably should have got like a greenhouse <laughs> should have done something before all this yeah i'm i'm like too i Pretty much since the second I got out of the Marine Corps, I'm like two years into like some pretty hardcore prepping, yeah, both logistically and like supply wise. And I'm I'm glad we have. And my dad and my dad and my mom have both really got on board with it as well. I don't live with my parents. For everybody listening, I'm not like recording this from their basement. <laughs> um, I've just got them on board as like the aspect of family preparedness. Yep. Um, and it's it's been. It's been really good. If you guys aren't if you guys aren't prepping to some extent, like I said in my last video, in my last YouTube video, you are wrong and you need to yeah. fix yourself. I'm trying to get my parents into something, man. Like they're they're still out in California, and you know, it, it's I worry about my family for the most part because it's like, man, what happens when the shit does hit the fan and there's like no money, no food, nothing? Like it's gonna be a problem. So I do want to talk about that after our last talking point because I do want to talk about some like your take on modern problems going on because you mm-hmm. usually have a very interesting uh, just viewpoint about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we have good conversations about that. So I guess the last the last thing I have here before we start diving off to the random topics board yeah, is yeah. in regards to changing gun culture in a sense and social media. Does any of this really matter, or, or are we just kind of wasting our time, specifically when it comes to social media? Um, so the short answer is not really. Um, I think social media will kind of always be what it is, as long as it's still uh, being helmed by the same people um, and by the same corporations. Uh, but like we had said earlier, you know, individuals have got to filter what type of content that they're going to be at least like taking to heart. You know, I think that's the important part. But I, I don't I don't really know if it matters or not, because, you know, social media is online. There is a life to live out there. So 
I think there's the social media aspect of it where it's like, it's good to get knowledge from things, but, but where the real work needs to be done is like in the, the real life communities. And that's where things are going to really start changing. And once that starts changing, I'm sure, you know, social media will, will change as a result to that. I think, and I think one of the biggest things, and it's like you talked about getting into the real world and changing things is, is we have got to be better at organizing on a community level. Yep. Regardless of what you label yourself as, whether you're a MAG, a citizen's response group, the Minuteman movement, whatever you align yourself with or whatever ideology you kind of find yourself within, you have to, you have, the the community is so important. I mean, I, I cannot stress how important the community is. And I, I get it, you know, I get why it's not like, cause I live near a city, really, really near a city, pretty much in it, to be honest. And I'm anti-social as fuck, man. Like, I don't want to fucking go talk to my neighbors and shit. Cause around my area, there's a whole, it's just so many different types of people. So it's difficult to kind of find those people and find, you know, spots that you can start training and learning and shit like that uh, with those people that you somehow found in a city. <laughs> but um, if if you're in a position where you're able to and, you know, you know that there's people in your area that are thinking the same things that you are, go find them, man. Like they're they're going to be better than than that chest rig that got 2000 likes. Yeah. And it's hard to get people to realize that this stuff is important. Yeah, man. I can think of a hundred people off the top of my head that I've talked to over the past two years of kind of just running my local group that I've that I've talked to and I'm like they're like, Yeah, you know, that sounds really important, but ah, you know, I'm just kinda busy in life right now, so I don't know. And and blah blah blah. And it's like, you know, got fifteen hours in your whole month maybe to get to know people in your community and better prepare yourself for a potential issue in the future. Yeah. People, people ex- make excuses about time a lot. There yeah. are short, there are short periods of life where everybody does have just like no time at all. Like mm-hmm. right now I am doing this podcast, running the business, working at the firehouse, working out regularly still. And I'm, I'm six days from closing on my house <laughs> and I have, and then month of June, I have a horse pasture to put in, a chicken operation to get up and running, and probably about 600 square feet of garden to build. Working. Working. So <laughs> there are times in life where you there is just a point where you're like, I am too busy. But to yeah. just say for like month after month after month, like, yeah, I'm just I'm just busy. Yep. But then you just go home and at the end of your work day and scroll Facebook for two and a half hours before you manage to get up and make a bowl of ramen. Like that, that's not busy. That's yeah. lazy. Yeah, that's true. I digress. It's factual. I'm looking at myself on that one too. I've I've been <laughs> I've been slacking, dude. It is. Do you, do you want to talk at all about your recent change in diet and like? Do you have anything positive <clears throat> to say about it? Yeah, sure. Fuck it, Go dude. Ahead. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Recently, I, I've been kind of slacking a little bit because I was having tummy issues, but uh, I started going uh, pretty much mostly carnivore. Um, I was taking a lot of supplements at the time. Um, because I had eczema and a whole lot of like skin issues. So I was taking like different, you know, ointments and creams and shit like that. And it was just, it was ridiculous. And I was like, you know, maybe it's my diet. (laughs) And sure as shit, it was. And uh, so I switched over to mostly carnivore. Uh, I still need carbs because I'm a skinny fuck and I need to put on weight. So got to burn something off instead of just uh, all the meat that I'm taking in. 
but I started taking uh, uh, heart and soil supplements. Just plug for that. There you go, uh, Paul Saladino. But um, it, it's supplements of a few ounces of like liver, heart, spleen, pancreas, all grass-fed from uh, bovine. And my eczema completely cleared up. I find that I have more energy in the day. I, I like when I take it in the morning and I start going to work and stuff, I don't like just completely tire out. So it's, it, I, I kind of like depended less on sugars, which I didn't even realize that my body was horrifically addicted to and mm-hmm. pretty much still is uh, for the most part, along with probably everyone listening to this. Like there's so much sugar in our food. It's fucking crazy. So, yeah, I just kind of, I, I just tightened the the collar on that slightly to be like, let's see, let's see if we could try something out and see how it feels, and it's great. So I would recommend it to anyone who you know doesn't have like a, a weird stomach issue with like red meats and shit like that. Try it out because it's it's pretty fucking awesome. I don't know if like vegetables are as like dangerous as a lot of pro carnivore diet people say they are. I think you still need some greens. But um, definitely worth a try for anyone interested in it. I put on some muscle doing it, which is crazy. So that's cool. I think I think with the whole vegetable and even like the fruit thing, it fully depends on what type of vegetables and fruits you're eating. Are you yeah. eating processed, you know, commercially grown, you know, genetically modified fruits and vegetables, or are you buying like fruits and vegetables from your local farmers market that yeah yes. is grown with nothing but love and sunshine. Yeah. And and you know how how much uh, seed oils you're using also I've I've just switched to just butter nowadays if I'm cooking something it's just oh, much absolutely. better than than any type of oil you'll use. This is the way. I this also, is the way. I don't use oils anymore either. I that's one thing I do stockpile is butter. I yeah. freeze butter. Yeah, um, it's long term. It's really good for you. For the most part. That's good though. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I'm yeah, a while since I've got an update on that. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of you know slacking back and forth here with it because also you know eating grass fed all the time does get slightly expensive. But oh, it has to be crazy. It's pretty expensive, but you know uh, I have some cheat meals here and there because I'm like fuck it, dude. A, a pinch of a dirty bulk, that's okay. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, you, got, you gotta <laughs> enjoy life too. That's the thing is. Yeah. We're already probably going to be miserable in the near future as it is. We might as well just enjoy things. Yeah. I'm not trying to be liver king, you know, (laughs) like losing my shit on sleeping on boards and shit like that. So (laughs) that's that dude's got there's got to be some sort of fakeness to that. Oh, dude, there's no way he's there's no way that dude lives. There's no way he's sleeps on boards. There's There's, no way. No, there's no way he does that. And there's no way that he's completely natural. You can't. I assure you, you cannot gain a bulbous six pack like that just by eating liver all the time. I promise you that does not happen. (laughs) No, not at all. No, that, that dude's probably on gear. Don't at me. Don't at me. We're going to end up on it. We're going to end up on his. Doesn't he have a podcast now? Or something? Yeah, yeah, he does. We're going to end up on his podcast. He's like, who are these jackasses? <laughs> Screw this you. Skinny twerp is saying that I'm not natty. <laughs> um, so kind of on to random topics. We'll just, I kind of want to talk about some specific current events, things outside the classic uh, COVID that a lot of people like to talk about. Um, yeah, man. So fuel. Um, yes is a big, big, big issue, specifically over the past week. I don't know how it is for the West Coasters, but on the East Coast, they announced on Friday that the East Coast 
diesel reserves was 20% below what it's like maintaining average for the first time in a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So like there was a bunch of people posted a lot of screenshots from like their memos, from like their emails and text alerts from their businesses. And it was basically their employers telling them that, you know, soon certain gas stations won't have fuel for truck drivers and that they should avoid taking freight to certain states. A lot of it was like the Southeast. Um, so, you know, what, what's your general kind of thoughts on just the fuel aspect about all this and gas prices across the U.S.? What, what do you think? Oh, man. Um, well, it's scary. That That's, you know, first off, it's pretty terrifying. Um, but I also think, like, I'm not really sure how people could prep for that either. I think, like, if you're if you're maybe if you have the ability to to store large amounts of fuel, I would recommend doing that. Um, just because nowadays, I mean, I personally start to worry about like you know gas pumps just getting shut down because they don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's there's the other question of like, well, what's causing that? You know, I mean, we know that it's supposedly Russia and Ukraine and all that jazz. Um, but I mean, this could also just be a direct result of insane amounts of inflation too. People will might just not be able to afford gas anymore soon. Well, I think inflation definitely has a big aspect to do with it. And this kind of goes on to that information thing I was talking about earlier is yeah. so many countries have limited the exportation of goods, including fuel. Like China does not, has exportation bans on uh, though they're not a large supplier to the world market of different types of oil and fuel, they have banned exportations on coal and oil right now. <laughs> Saudi Arabian oil fields keep getting bombed and blown up by Yemen rebels. Yep. Um, so like, there's there's a lot of small things that are happening all around the world. It's not just Ukraine, Russia, like the U.S. media likes to push. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't. Sadly, I haven't really been keeping my my ear to the ground on that one too much. Uh, probably because I don't use you know my social media to cater to that. But mm-hmm. it's getting it's getting scary with that, um, especially if if trucks are aren't going to be able to be taken freight to to states. That becomes a serious worry. I think we we, we have definitely accelerated the kind of collapse time frame in a sense over yeah. this past two or three months. Yeah. And and what what do you think? Kind of a side note here, but, yeah. but what would you say would be like collapse? You know, because I always I always hear different opinions from a whole lot of different people about like how that would go. Do you think that it would just be like we're out of everything? Everyone's just robbing shit now. Um, I see collapse as a breakdown in societal societal courtesy. And what I mean mm-hmm. by courtesy is just like kind of the social contract that we all, the social contract that we all kind of go through our day-to-day stuff without just causing pure nonsense. We all go to the work, we go home, we take our kids to soccer practice, we go to the grocery store, we all coexist. Yeah. I think the collapse is the breakdown of that social contract. Okay, that's pretty and fair. I, and I think that social contract break, uh, social contract, social contract breaks <laughs> down with the removal of goods and services. Okay, that. I like that definition. That's really good. Because, yeah, everyone, you know, I hear like, you know, well, that's when when we don't have anything anymore and people start robbing each other. And I'm like, I, I don't I think it would collapse before we start shooting at each other. Like, yeah, no, well, it, before that, the shooting occurs after 
like before all that i'm sorry after well after all of that there's so much that has to get done before the shooting starts right? yeah and and it becomes gradual too i mean if you watch like when when democracies collapse just in history and in different countries that's usually what happens it it gradually starts becoming more and more violent and different targets start arising and you know i don't no matter what goes on with Roe versus Wade or yep. racial tensions or political ideologies, none of that stuff will cause the collapse. I the agree. Collapse will be bread and circuses when they come to an end. Yep. It's um, it's going to start with the economy. And I think, I mean, we we may and we've differed on this opinion in the past, and we may not now. Um, I I don't think we're that far from the the consumer collapse. I think we're we're getting close to it, but I I. Th- think what's going to happen is it's not going to just completely like collapse collapse i think it's going to just pretty much bridge right into a new world order i think we're going to start like just getting so scared that we start begging governments to get involved and we start begging them for for this and that and they'll say okay but we're going to be doing a new world order now and we all collectively just decide okay i I think think that gets scary i have the theory that we what i call pocket collapse okay um, and the theory is that when, whenever this kind of breakdown in the social contract does begin, it will be in small regional breakdowns throughout the U.S. So, mm-hmm. for example, let's say the droughts do get even worse this year throughout the Southwest. Yeah. The social contract mix, uh, I'm sorry, the drought mixed with, you know, fuel prices and a lack of logistics breaks down the social contract in, we'll say, California, Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Now that those now the rest of the country may not be at that point yet, so the rest of the country continues to operate, still paying high prices and whatnot. But they're kind of like, mm, we just won't go to those four states, and those four states continue to get worse and worse and worse, and it kind of is a domino effect. Now the next region kind of starts to fall apart, and people go, mm, we're not going to go there, yeah, and it just kind of pockets itself across the U.S. That's my theory about it. That's pretty fair. Do you think that would like lead towards a balkanization situation then? I think it would definitely lead towards a balkanization, but I think a balkanization takes years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's I not think, just going to be a month-long thing. I think, well, I think one, we're already past an irreversible point. Yes. Where we are way past an irreversible point, both on the, the failure of the logistics system that we have in place, the collapse of the dollar, and the inevitability of some sort of civil conflict in the U.S., whether it's political or balkanization. I think we're past the point of no return for all of those. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think we're we're past the point and now it's it's a matter of, okay, what's what's going to catch us? And it's not going to be good no matter what it is, but something is going to, to uh, happen pretty much no matter what you believe in at this point. Like we're, we're in a free fall right now. Oh, we are absolutely in a free fall. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I personally think by this coming fall, that is the beginning of said social con- uh, social contract collapse. Because yeah. I, I, I do believe that food scarcity will be so bad come maybe September, October, that though it may not affect every corner of the United States, it will start to affect very largely populated areas throughout the U.S. Yeah, I was going to say it'll, it'll start in the, the western cities for sure. Because um, they're, I mean, probably the far west and far east, those are going to be the ones that just get hit the hardest. And I'm not sure if you saw um, India on Friday 
their agricultural department or, or whoever is in charge of that kind of stuff on their federal level mm-hmm. ban the exportation of wheat and a list of other raw goods yep. uh, because their drought is so bad. Now, for those that don't know, India is one of the top five wheat producers in the world, and they were supposed to be picking up the um, slack from Ukraine, Russia, because they decided they want to fight it out right now. Yep. Um, however, since India is now banning the exportation of those goods, I think, and there was an exception to um, a list of already um, basically paid for business up to mm-hmm. a certain time date. Um, that that's that's very significant. So now you have Ukraine, Russia off the board. You have China, <laughs> who has had who has also placed restrictions in place on exportation to basically the West. And now you have India going, sorry, we can't help. <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> it's a party. I feel like I haven't gotten good news in like six years. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a minute. minute. Basically, since this, this, I just started keeping track of everything. There's been no good news. Yeah, and and also, Elder Scrolls Six is nowhere in sight. We're fucked, boys. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to talk about that. Absolutely, we're, we're not talking about fucked. that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, I miss that game. Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's tough to not be a doomer, man. It it's, is. It's difficult, and I mean, you know, the best ones aren't doomers. But man, when you start when you start looking into it, it's just like this is a wild time right now. And at the individual level, it's like we you, you got to at least change the mindset at the very least. Like it's it's going to get it's going to get shaky. I don't consider myself a doomer. I consider myself a realist with a doomer attitude. Because I was going to say realist. Things will be better eventually. This will all be done eventually. Yeah. It will repeat itself again in history sometime down the line. Yeah. But like you and I have talked separately on, in the past before is we have a, a long line of suffering and, you know, unfortunate line of events that have to play out before things go back the other direction. And it's it's kind of discouraging at times when, like, I've heard that from almost everyone in our generation like no matter what side they're on no matter what political opinions they have they're all saying the same thing of it's probably going to get really bad before it gets good again i think this period of of general world world peace over the past around 75 years is somewhat to blame for that oh um, yeah I, I guess i shouldn't say blame um but is is somewhat at fault for that because it's just again it's the whole just built up tension thing. Yep. It's just kind of like the collapse of the dollar. We keep kind of covering it up with more printed money and changing yeah. interest rates and all of this, which inevitably will just make the collapse worse. Yeah. And I don't know if it's there's much, you know, peace in this this statement, but uh luckily this this isn't new. You know, like in in the the eyes of like the human race and just our history on Earth, this has happened so many times. It just happens to be our turn right yeah, now, which and is, is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you could look into. I mean, really, the best ways to prepare yourself is to look into to how other economies have collapsed, how other uh, supply chains have collapsed, how democracies fall and you can see you know if they're not one-to-one there's at least similarities and uh with that luckily we can we can at least take some experience out of it and and try and figure out the right way to handle our own individual lives it seems like 
kind of the reset of the world in a sense, and I and I just mean kind of the swinging pendulum effect happens right. about every hundred to one hundred and fifty years. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had you know, we had the American Revolution, which was, um, you know, after the the, the Seven Year War between Spain, England, and France, which mm-hmm. shocked the absolute world. Then we had the American Revolution and the French Revolution, all in a very small time frame. Yes. You fast forward a hundred years, then we had. World War One, which was immediately followed by the Great Depression and World War Two. Yeah. And now you fast forward 100 years from that, we are here now. Yep. And we're in the first stages of the conflict, Russia versus Ukraine. This, this And the Russia-Ukraine thing is not ending anytime soon. Oh, no. No, no. It's it's just like everything else. It's going to get far worse before it gets any better. Yeah. We have a long way to go. And especially with with warfare being what it is now this is forms of warfare that the human race has never seen before with informational warfare cyber attacks just the the drones nowadays like just it, all this insane shit is it's not new but it's different for sure and that's probably why it's a lot scarier than before but so was world war 1 and so yeah. was world war 2 and they were all new so yeah. And, so, and I think that kind of even brings a good point back onto the gun culture thing is like if you look at specifically the Ukrainian side in the Ukraine-Russia war, there are so many regional militias in Ukraine that are utilizing basically commercial drones and balfangs. Yep. And are effectively conducting operations to whatever you define as operations. Oh, they are. They are really effectively conducting that shit. I saw a, a standard like like just uh, a consumer drone drop like a pack of c4 onto a tank and just watching that was like yo that's that's wild i think like the entire argument where it's like you know well are you gonna take on the entire government with an ar-15 no but i'll get an rc helicopter you know like (laughs) it's it's little tiny guerrilla tactics are showing up yeah, don't don't let yourselves be discouraged because your group doesn't have all have eight hundred dollar Motorola's and you just yeah. have Baofeng's. Like, yeah, I run Baofeng. I run Baofeng. Yeah, there's it's, no reason. It's good. There's no reason you should in 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 a sense, depending on what your objective is. There's no reason you should be running anything other than a Baofeng. Because comms agree. is not secure to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's always having this this conversation about like, how do I encrypt my Baofeng? Well, it's not real encryption on Baofangs. That's the that's kind of the issue with them. But I mean, what do, what do you see yourself doing that's so extreme that you need I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what you're doing, you know, but it just it's not very realistic. But to an extent, it's definitely not worth paying $1000 for some Gucci radio only to no. get hacked on the third day of, you know, the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and when when you totally could have just stayed home and, you know, maybe grew some potatoes like I don't yes. know grow potatoes get a greenhouse i keep saying it <laughs> just buy I'm a greenhouse myself. dude what are you doing what are you doing bro what are you, are you you mean to tell me you're gonna get another ar-15 bro and you don't have a greenhouse <laughs> that's that's gonna be a meme what about a reloading station <laughs> surprise the greenhouse is a reloading station <laughs> it's my garage <laughs> You just pull back your, your your green bean poles, and it's a reloading station behind it. <laughs> if someone can pull that off, I'd be amazed. If you have pictures of your greenhouse uh, <laughs> that's been transferred into a, a, a uh, basically a, a Second Amendment, you know, wet dream, please send that in for. Yeah, send that in to both of us. 
Uh, it, it will be published. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Shit, I, I try to stay positive and just know that the preps that I'm doing now will help me down the line. But it's just like, man, we got yeah. we got a, we got a long way to go. Yeah, I'm I'm in the in the stage of like you know I'm I moved out of California, but I'm not far away from it enough. So I'm like, all right, this is we're we're gonna you know scrap everything here to a degree, go back to the drawing board, figure out you know what the move is. And then from there, we'll be able to regroup and that'll be solid because get out of the cities, boys and girls, they are not going to be good for you. Yeah. You, I mean, it's, and you know what? It's hard. The, the yeah, housing man. market sucks. Oh, I'm going shit. through the whole housing thing right now. And this has been a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, the market completely like killed itself. It looks like, I mean, besides my interest rate drastically changing just from the beginning of 2022 to now, which has killed my entire process in a sense, yeah. um, it's made this so much more difficult. It's hard just as you know a young adult to buy a house yeah dude i mean houses one are abnormally expensive even if you buy a trailer on 15 acres in the middle of nowhere like they're still expensive yep i mean the market doesn't help it but you know these banks and everything have these crazy conditions now you know i need like even like right now you know my lenders have been asking for like you know, whatever my college transcripts and stuff like that. I'm like, what does this have anything to do with me paying for a house? Yeah. I mean, just the amount of money you need to put down and closings, closing costs is something they, they do not talk about enough. People talk about down payments, closing costs. That is an extra, almost 10 grand, maybe more depending on your loan type that you did not expect that was coming. (laughs) And it will hit you in the mouth. Like, you know, something you've never felt. I mean, it's just like, what and it was it was already awful like f- for our generation to even consider buying houses and now it's just like it's looking almost impossible i, I don't even know how you're doing it jeremy honestly like it you're I, amazing I have, me i have no idea. I, I honestly have no idea sometimes <laughs> i wake up and i'm like what happened yesterday yeah. what did, did i do, I, do? <laughs> I did this wow all right well, let, let's see how i get you know fucked over today <laughs> Um, I can still call the bank again. Fuck. <laughs> um, you know, the I, every real estate agent, a lot of lenders I've talked to through this whole process has, has, have all said pretty much the same thing, which is very unfortunate. But it's that the housing market, regardless of how the economy performs, is not going to get better potentially period end of story yeah. because we are so far behind house construction in the U.S. to re, to basically match the buyer demand. Mm-hmm. caused from the pandemic yeah because millions of people are behind their housing plans now and there's pretty much no way to catch up with it <sighs> and you match that with greedy corporations just creating a generation of renters oh yeah and and uh, let's not forget you know insider trading inside of the housing market too that's also just oh, God. a whole lot of fun like it's they're they're playing like a video game with these markets man it's there's two things we hate on this podcast, guys. It's government and Dakota Dakota Myers. Dakota Myers. Second <laughs> Those are two things I stand firmly behind. Uh, and, and we're we're coming up on Tim Kennedy hatred too. Oh man, I, oh, no, we're not going down that rabbit hole. I, I nope, no, but Let's everyone knows. <laughs> Screw them. We're gonna talk about it. Um, nope. <laughs> nope. Hang up. Ah, <laughs> oh, I hate bro vets. Yeah, so I do much. too, dude. I'm a civilian. Think about how I feel. (laughs) 
it's more frustrating as I feel like it's more frustrating as a veteran who encourages civilians to train. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and you're, you're just you're watching right. just some random E5 who got a Medal of Honor one time, and now he thinks he gets to dictate what people can do with their Second Amendment, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, well, well, why, why, why are you protecting the rights in the first place, bro? That may be a little spicy for everybody listening, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah, it's. Just support everyone's rights. I yeah. think that's kind of what it comes down to. Rights. End of yeah. story. That's it's it. about rights. It's if I want to wear a a ballistic helmet and go do my laundry, I have the right to do so. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> it is what it is. I should be able to take my trash out in the dark wearing nothing but nods. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean nothing. Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> Which I will be doing once I close on this house. I 100% <laughs> will just walk my trash to the other side of my nine-acre property in Nods. Because I can. Because that, that's my property, and I don't care. A little breezy out tonight. <laughs> Sir, it's December. Yeah? Yep. I can see that. I got Nods on, bud. There's snow on the ground. I didn't notice. I'm just a little chilly. Stop looking. <laughs> Well, is there anything? Is there any topics that you would like to discuss? I don't have very many topics, but man, I do got to give you praise, dude. I really appreciate what you're doing with your company, your your business, and and just everything you're you're doing with your media. I'm so happy that that you know the zucking didn't completely kill you. I was I was down there for you know I was yeah. down for a minute. It sucked, man. It was it was not looking good, but you know I I hope you're you're making a pretty solid correction because it appears that you are. Some people haven't even made it back. Nah, dude. A lot of people just just pretty much called it quits, and that's you know what, all the power to them. I just hope I find them somewhere else. It's it's kind of like you talked about in your episode of the of your podcast last week. Um, I mean, I just I like you. You said it. You're like I like editing. I like editing, but I also I like posting information. Yeah, yeah. I like teaching too. I didn't really touch on that very much, but recently I've been you know just taking small weapon mechanics things that I've learned and just trying to pass that along because I I I like knowing that I've made someone harder to kill. Your your video edits are getting really good. Thank you, sir. I mean, I've really I've good. been I've been trying. <laughs> but I mean I I mean I know I have benefited so much from information that people have posted to social media. Yeah. Through years now, not even just since COVID. I mean I mean for years now. Yeah. Um I feel like there's no reason that like if I have there's no reason I shouldn't spread knowledge to those that seek knowledge if, if, if they seek it. Yep. I, I was I. So this is funny. Quick little story. Um, I originally started in the social media side of things as just a meme page. I had like a completely different, you know, handle and everything. And I was just posting <laughs> fucked up memes. And eventually I started coming across the people who were like teaching more and like you know, educating just very tiny, tiny weapon manipulation stuff that I didn't know. And that kind of bred into to what I am now and what the page that I have now is. And, uh, you know, it's nothing special. I'm not out here with like thousands and thousands of followers or anything like that. It doesn't really matter to me anyways. Mm -hmm. But it's, <clears throat> it's, it's shit like that that really benefits uh, individuals with meme pages going and actually learning and wanting to teach. Remember when we all used to dry fire on social media? Oh, yeah. Man, time seems so much simpler even that short amount of time ago. It was like, yeah, it was like nine months ago. It seemed, <laughs> it seems like years ago. 
I mean, and I mean, it's still it's still good, I think, to to show because if someone is going through Instagram looking at you know silly stuff, OM, OMG, Russia is bombing Ukraine again, and then they come across you know a video of a guy just doing dry fire, the question inside of their own head comes up of like, well, what am I doing right now? I guess I could go dry fire, mm-hmm. and then they go dry fire. So it's mm-hmm. like you know, put it on the story. We don't got to post about it, but yeah, it's I it. I think everything benefits at least one person in a small way somehow if you do it with good intention well max i think this i mean this has been an absolute pleasure and jeremy i this was kick-ass man thank you this for was good i can't yes. wait to re-listen to this again yeah i know i love doing that too i'm gonna do you, be at do work you listen tomorrow. to your own podcasts after you post it <clears throat> i do it sounds it sounds really narcissistic but for people who like don't have the uh the podcast stress uh it may not make a whole lot of sense. I do listen to it just to make sure that like my audio wasn't messed up all the way because I accidentally I, press buttons. <laughs> I like to go back. At, yeah, I mean, the audio thing is a big one and just kind of the quality of podcast. But I like yeah. to see like how I myself have delivered information and how the podcast flowed. Yeah. Then once I hear it from like a different perspective, it's like, okay, I can change this or this was good. Yeah. I should do more of this in a sense. You've, uh, you've got to be critical of yourself for pretty much everything. Uh, especially with podcasts because if we're you know if you want to make it better then you gotta you gotta see what you failed at Mm -hmm. but you're doing a great job dude i really enjoy your yeah i really enjoy your your podcast and shout out to austin because that episode was kick-ass it was a good it was a fun one to do and that was like a lot i think that was the first time he was on a podcast as well yeah i feel bad i gotta get him on mine (laughs) but having a podcast you know like a, a guest list is kind of a pain oh it's hard it's hard it's hard you know how it is it's yeah dude that first season was almost all guests and i was like i don't think i'm gonna survive this but it's worth it for the for the listeners if they get something out of it absolutely man um you want to give any shout outs you know any any final remarks go ahead The, the, the floor is yours yeah so uh shout out to tanner um me and him for those of you who have forgotten we run the undesirable individuals podcast check that out be sure and put the tinfoil hats on that's what we do over there uh, shout out to Dave at the Polar Connection. He's doing great. Um, shout out my girlfriend because she is supportive as fuck. And uh, uh, I guess that's it. That's all I got, really. I mean, the the businesses, companies still still training civilians. There's too many to name at this point. I don't want to feel like I'm cherry picking. So all of them, they're doing a great job staying, staying true to their beliefs. Hell yeah. Um, oh, yeah, man. For me, I'm, I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out my girlfriend as well. Fuck She's yeah. extremely supportive. She puts up with me, which is impressive. Yeah, uh, that's, not, just, that's how it goes. She has never once complained about how busy my life is, or ever complained that like I'm training on a Saturday with the guys. That's great. It's awesome. So big shout out to my girlfriend. Um, and yeah, shout out to all the other companies, but also just the non companies, the personal pages, the the personal information pages that yeah. continue to push education. Yeah. The, um, the people who are just sticking to it. Yeah. Big shout out to all of you guys. Um, that's I mean, that's how we make it out of all of this for sure. Yep. And then shout out to my local guys. Again, y'all train hard. Y'all train um, harder than than I would say even a large majority of the guys I even served with. I mean, you guys are so much. You guys are passionate, just all the time. Love it. Big fan. I'm gonna come out and train with y'all soon. Dude, so uh, I know we're trying to wrap this up, but now that I've secured this property, I actually do have somewhat of a plan to like try and get as many of you out as possible for like a 
like a like a homey meetup day. Yeah, not, not um, everybody, not like forty people, but like, <laughs> like the five or six like Instagram homies. You know who I'm talking about? Hell yeah, dude! I'm. We will be here in in my in my little group. We will be there for sure. Hell yeah! And then oh, Dave's dude. just down in Tennessee now, so now he can. That's yeah. That's nothing. Any excuse for me to go see Dave is a good excuse, so I'll be there. <laughs> I, can't, I also cannot wait to meet Dave. Oh, he's the best, dude. He's awesome. I know. All right, guys, that is it for Episode 3, Social Media and Gun Culture. As always, guys, train hard, train often. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder Call me what you wanna but you can't call me no coward Shrink the numbers, we the people still the ones with power Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours Tell me turn it down